Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing here is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. With that, hello and welcome to the Range of Capital Podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast, and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager at Rangely. With me as always my co-host and Rangely's founder, Kristen Muth. It is Monday, May 23rd, and it has been a very interesting week in kind of M&A and deal rumors. And Chris, uh, at one point we're going to start talking about the bare $60 billion-plus proposal to acquire agrochemical giant Monsanto, which would be the largest deal of the year. But I think we're going to talk a little bit about a merger that is kind of ridiculous and probably not going to happen, but maybe it's going to happen. I don't know. It's uh, it's the rumored takeover of Church and White, ticker CHD. Uh, and this is a, we've talked about ridiculous takeout rumors, but why don't you, uh, why don't you take it? Uh, this came from Spain from an economic journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, was fairly specific. It said that both uh, Reckitt uh, and Procter and Gamble were a, were wrapping up uh, offers for Church and Dwight. Uh, it said that they had financial advisors, incidentally, financial advisors that were not currently conflicted with any of the companies involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So they said that they were going to get bought, uh, as these things often do. They're not uh, modest uh, premiums. It was a spectacular seventy percent premium, uh, and the market uh, at one point was you know up. Stock was up seven percent. Was taking it uh, quite seriously. Yeah. So I, I think it, the thing is about this article. Everything in the article makes sense, right? It's an economic journal proposing it. It's, a, it's two deals. It's two companies looking to buy them that would make sense. Uh, it's at a premium, which is kind of what you need in a unsolicited – a big premium, which is what you need in an unsolicited deal. But I think where we wanted to drive home is it, once you dig a little bit deeper than uh, the surface levels, it starts to look increasingly ridiculous. And we've talked about some ridiculous takeover rumors before uh, on our April 1st podcast, especially – a Tesla for the masses. And what these ridiculous rumors are, are they are things that are, they're generally going to be at options expiration or quarter end, and they're going to be by less reputable newspapers. In this case, it wasn't Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg or Reuters. It was uh, it was a Spanish economic journal, and they're not really the people who would break a $23 billion Church and White uh, merger. And then it was at a ridiculous premium. You know, Church and Dwight's about a $12 billion company, and they said it was going to be a $25 billion valuation, 100% premium. So I think we both fall into the camp of this is a ridiculous deal. And do you want to take a little bit why these type of ridiculous deals happen at options expiration and at or, and or at quarter end? Sure. You know, when you think about the multi-source journals, uh, FT, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Bloomberg, even if you are a principal, you're involved, you have reason to want to speak to the press, they always get a second or third uh, mm-hmm. check on these. So by the time they go out and say something's happening, clearly things can change. Mm-hmm. They can be lied to occasionally, uh, or they might have the wrong um, a spin on what's going on. But in terms of actual facts, they're pretty good. Yeah, They're yeah. pretty good. And when they say something's more or less happening, uh, even though it can be misleading or change, uh, it usually is, uh, and you can kind of parse the language very carefully to understand just how meticulous they're typically 
very meticulous mm-hmm. journalists uh, are. Uh, this is single sourced, and uh, where it's single sourced, uh, there are a lot of problems with it. Uh, it was uh, not consistent with what the bankers who would have been working on this uh, 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 believed. Uh, it was not consistent with the company. The company then uh, was able to come out fairly quickly to disavow it. Uh, but even in theory, before then, and, and this was something that was you know trading up uh, pretty significantly at one point. Uh, the antitrust issues, for example, would be mm-hmm. fairly uh, uh, difficult uh, in the condom market. It's a, a two-thirds of the market uh, would be combining with a company with 15% of the market share, uh, which is uh, unlikely uh, to happen. Yeah, And then I just want to go back to the single-source, dual-source thing. I think one of the things is, and I know you love game theory, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, they're playing for more than one they're playing for more than one headline, yep. more than one big clickbait, right? Their reputation is the most important thing. So when they break news, they're gonna make sure it's right or they're gonna have a lot of sources check. As you said, things can change, but they're gonna make sure they've got a lot of things that say this is probably gonna happen. When you're dealing with one of these single source things, or sometimes it can be, you know, a fly by the night website. All they care about is clickbait, and they might be getting paid on the side. So you never really know. Do you want to talk about that, or should we dive yeah, into that? Yeah, no, I think uh, that uh, you know that the more cooperative behavior comes from the longer shadow of the future, and these are organizations that uh, that plan that are very uh, cooperative. They're not uh, they're not taking advantage of the reader because that would be that would be bad tactics for them. Yeah. Um, so in, incidentally, I should say that uh, when this kind of started going up a bit, um, I uh, uh, was um, took the other side of some of the uh, some of the kind of fake the fake premium that gets built in when these crazy things happen. Yeah. Uh, so I think we both agree the, the Spanish newspaper said the deal was coming out this week. There's probably not a deal coming out this week. But it is worth thinking. Uh, we have in the past had Deals that happen or deals that were rumored that didn't happen that ended up happening, and one that pops into my mind, and I think you've got a great. Why don't you give the uh, the maps example sure. we talked the, about? The, well, there's there's there was two concerns that I had uh, when I was looking at this on the short side. Uh, the uh, one concern. Um, that I had uh, is the Nedco Nedev problem, and the other concern that I had is was the Aglo New York problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the Nedco Nedev uh, uh, was a uh, fraudster; uh, had created several hoaxes historically, um, uh, and uh, he actually one of them in the past uh, tower was one that we <laughs> we. Mm-hmm. His hoax kind of popped up on something that we happened to have owned and happened to have been looking for uh, an exit, and so so we were on the other side of his uh, trades in, at one point. Uh, but uh, but he uh, he kind of created uh, several of these, but it can go up a lot uh, in the course of uh, in the course of this. And let me just the Nedco thing was it was similar to what we talked about in our Tesla for the masses. He would file a 13D mm-hmm. on a stock on a normally a smaller publicly traded stock, offering to take this stock out at a ridiculous premium. And then as soon as the stock popped, he sold. He got a quick profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was completely fraudulent, but he was able to make a quick buck. Uh, so that's what you're referring to there. Just to, it, it, except, yeah. except I should say he was very bad at this. Yes, uh, he wasn't. He was consistently saying things that weren't true. 
uh, but he was not consistently making money. Um, the the, the Aglo New York situation is is a different one. It's when something is said, and then uh, it, it, then it, in many cases, actually, you know, it gets board members uh, and management's talking, and you can actually have something happen uh, because it was told. Um, the the background on this was that a map company. Uh, created a fictitious town in upstate New York specifically to be able to protect their IP. Mm -hmm. Uh, They named it after his initials and assistance initials. uh, And it turns out that Rand McNally simply stole their map and copied it along with their fictitious town. But by the time this was getting litigious, it got to court, uh, Rand McNally actually won because the map had listed the town long enough that uh, it had built up into a real town. <laughs> people kept pulling off to stop in this town, and eventually somebody was like, oh, if I build a gas station, people will come. So they did that and made it a real town. And I kind of want to dive into that. You know, EMC Dell is a deal we've talked about before. And EMC Dell, the way it actually happened was uh, in the summer of 2014, I believe it was, there was a Wall Street Journal rumor that said uh, EMC is looking into – or Dell is looking into buying EMC. And Michael Dell called and said, no, we're actually not. But it kind of planted the seed in his head, and that's actually where he got the idea for what became the Dell EMC mega merger. And in Church and Dwight's case – you know, you mentioned there are big consumer products. Their main brands are Oxy, OxyClean, Trojan Condoms, Arm & Hammer. Uh, there would be some regulatory issues to to them getting acquired by one of the big guys. But there would also be a lot of synergies mm-hmm. to combining the distribution platforms, the negotiating with the Walmarts and stuff. Uh, their CEO retired last year, and leadership changes are often preludes to making deals. And they have long been a rumor target for uh, for a couple others, Clorox, Reckitt, P&G. So you have to wonder if this fake rumor could kind of spur up some deal making in the sector where the guys at PNG are saying, well, you know what, we these guys kind of make sense. Maybe we should go buy them. So I think that uh, the was it Agola? You said Agol, the Agol New York situation. It, it, it is uh, very possible here, but the deal will not be coming this week. Any last thoughts here? Uh- I would just add that the uh, UK Competition and Markets Authority is already revving up just in case they have to do a uh, condom analysis. They, When they were doing the KY Jelly analysis of Reckitt Benister's uh, sale uh, when there was a deal with J&J, uh, they spent 459 days on that one review <laughs> and ultimately prepared a 72-page report including six sections on their study of the UK's 300 specialist and adult stores. <laughs> that is a, a study I'm sure they could have gotten done for free if they had really this was, wanted this to. Was a, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say his name, but the deputy panel chair of the CMA uh, really got into this one, and uh, so he's kind of revving up for uh, for the next. Okay, well, now that we've got our first PG-13 podcast, uh, why don't I turn to uh, Bear Monsanto real, real quickly, but before we do, just a quick request. If you like this cl- podcast, please be sure to follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Audio boom if you already follow us please be sure to rate us or recommend us to a friend it means a lot to us and strong feedback and listener numbers encourage us to keep taping podcasts so chris why don't i turn to bear monsanto and feel free to hop in whenever you want to uh bear monsanto made a proposal it was about two weeks ago they made a proposal to monsanto to buy them for 122 dollars per they share actually, they actually did they they have confirmed they made a proposal and uh, this deal would be – it would be a $60 billion deal. It would be the biggest acquisition of the year. It would be the largest German deal in history. And uh, I think we're going to talk about that in a second. 
you know, kind of being the largest deal of the year or the largest German deal in history, the, uh, the, uh, the track record of success there is not very good. But this is a sector we know well. It's a sector that's rapidly consolidating. Uh, Syngenta, we mentioned them in our February 9th podcast, three big deals. Monsanto tried and failed to buy them. ChemChina ended up buying them. Dow and DuPont are combining. The rumor is Bayer's big domestic German rival, BASF, is looking at bidding for Monsanto as well. And uh, Chris, why don't we talk about sometimes whole sectors just have this massive wave of consolidation. Mm-hmm. And why don't you talk a little bit about what drives these massive waves of consolidation? It's, it's funny. There's this scarcity value and, uh, boy, you know, there's a finite number of banks and bankers. And mm-hmm. when there are one or two left of the obvious deal targets, it's frequently the case they just all get bought. Yep. And uh, and there can be a little bit of a mania. Uh, you know, I can think of the, the wireless when AT&T Wireless got bought by what was... Uh, uh, it was renamed eighteen wireless, but uh, when that deal was getting done, mm-hmm. um, uh, when Gatorade went on the market, uh, Pepsi immediately said, "I want to buy that," and so Coke <laughs> said, "No, I want to buy that." Uh, and, and there's really nothing more to it than Pepsi wanted it, and they could have bought it a month earlier or a year earlier. Uh, but um, but these kind of uh, the scarcity value and just the um, just the human nature tends to make it very competitive when something like this hits the market. I think it can be what the wise man does in the beginning, the fool does in the end in some of these cases. Uh, there's clear strategic rationale for combining all of these businesses. There's huge cost cutting uh, in addition to kind of longer term uh, optionality to combining them. But once one or two people start doing it, everyone in the industry looks around and says, well, if Joe and Jim are doing it, then I should do it too. So everybody kind of drives to it. And I think uh, the Bayer deal, judging by kind of the market's reaction, the huge premium they would be paying, I think the Bayer deal would be evidence of uh, kind of it's gotten to the foolish stage, if that makes sense. So let's talk about if this deal is actually going to happen, because I think the market has a lot of doubt about it if it will happen. Uh, Most analysts, when these rumors first broke, were very doubtful that the deal would happen. And the market still seems to be doubtful. Uh, Monsanto's share price is at about $105 and Bears offering $122. So the market's clearly pricing in uh, a lot of skepticism that the deal gets done. Uh, you know, it, it's clear Bear, Bear has a new CEO. It's clear he's the one driving this and he wants a deal. And uh, I think it's shifting course from the old uh, CEO who had been focusing on Life sciences, Bayer obviously, you know, aspirin is a big brand of theirs. He'd been focus- focusing on life sciences, and this new CEO is going more into chemicals again. Uh, I did you want to say something? Oh, I was just, just going to jump in. I, I, I think that uh, you know, when I look at a shorthand, kind of minutes into doing analysis, when mm-hmm. the new bidder comes in, um, there are a couple things that I look for quickly. One is market cap mismatch. If very, very large companies want to do something very, very small, they usually can do it. Yep. If a very big company wants to do something, if there's a uh, if there's a huge deal, uh, then all of a sudden it becomes interesting to the buyer's shareholders and really affects the buyer's stock. Mm-hmm. And if that becomes rocky, this one's already become rocky, I think that it makes it far less likely that they will ultimately get done. And interestingly enough, I find that if you talk to the target's board, those members, those directors, where their worst contacts are, are the buyer shareholder that are not overlapping shareholders. Mm-hmm. There have been deals that have been completely dead, dead, or deadest, but... 
the target was none the wiser because it was basically killed by buyer shareholders that looked to the board and said, look, we're going to fight you guys hard and not just over this deal unless you walk away from this now. And I'm so glad you brought up the buyer shareholders because in this case, the CEO clearly wants a deal, but the bear, the buyer, his shareholders are absolutely furious. Uh, The investors are riding. Shares are down 20% in the last month on this deal. And I've got some quotes here. Some investors are calling this arrogant empire building. Uh, a financially complex deal that looks like bad news from the beginning and unconvincing from a strategic angle. Uh, analysts have said they've struggled to find any investors whatsoever on the bear side who would actually support a deal at this price. People wanted them to be a life sciences company. They wanted them to continue to be a pure play life sciences company. Um one other note is there's a lot of synergies here, but management hasn't broken up between cost kind of synergies, which we've talked about are generally pretty achievable, and kind of revenue synergies, which are a lot squishier and hard to hit. So investors aren't really sure how good Bear's due diligence has even been so far to date. Go ahead. Um, investors hate surprises. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at this, new investors, especially hedge funds, or even if there's an activist investor here, you could... The difference between Monsanto's price and the offer price now, I believe, is less than the difference between Bayer and the unaffected price of yep. this. You can make more money uh, on the potential buyer's side getting the deal killed than you could on the target side getting it to go through. I, I, I think it's a great point. I think ultimately this deal isn't going to go through. The history of huge deals is poor. Uh, I mentioned this might be the largest German deal ever. The last largest deal was T- the T-Mobile combo deal. It was valued at $50 billion in 2000, and 16, year la- 16 years later, it's valued at $35 billion. Daimler Chrysler was the second biggest, $43 billion in 1998, sold for $7.4 billion. So they don't have history on their side. There'd be huge regulatory concerns. Bear stock is way down. And I think if Bear continues to pursue this, they are going to be a very ripe target for an activist who comes in and says, hey, we own 10, 15% of your shares, and we're going to fire all of you if you go one step further with this deal. Uh, Bear's been a rumored bidder for uh, Medivation, which we've mentioned before, to her MDVN. And that would be a $10 billion plus life sciences deal, which I think shareholders would be much more supportive of. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about here? Largest deals ever? Church and Joy? Anything? I think that's it. Okay, that's it. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. Uh, Just a quick reminder, if you like this podcast, please be sure to follow us and rate us, iTunes, SoundCloud, Audio Boom. Uh, Before we sign off some disclosures, we mentioned Syngentia, ticker SYT, which I am long. Chris, I believe you're long that, and EMC, I know you're long some motivation as well. Anything else you think? I think that's it. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for today, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday afternoon.